Welcome to The Gradebook, a Tampa Bay Times podcast on Florida education issues. I'm reporter Jeff Solacek, and today we're going to be talking with Pinellas County School Board Chairwoman Renee Flowers about her school district's decision to keep on with the House Bill 7069 challenge in court. That court case was thrown out by a Leon County judge who said that the bill, or I guess that that law, which created a new charter school system and allocated some of the local tax revenue from school districts to charter schools without their express permission was constitutional, despite what some school districts had to say about it. Ms. Flowers will talk with us about why her board continued in the lawsuit and what she thinks is at stake with this case. Renee Flowers, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us at The Gradebook. We um, are so glad to talk to you because I know that your board has been spending a lot of time looking at the House Bill 7069 and whether or not it's constitutional, and y'all were in the original lawsuit and you've decided to continue with the appeal. Why go this route with state law? Well, um, first of all, thank you so very much for taking the time out to call me and um, actually ask um, my opinion, um, because sometimes it gets convoluted in um, some of the information that transpires um, you know, when we're going through this process. I will tell you that um, it's not something that we desired to do. It wasn't our first choice. We wanted to try to resolve these issues and concerns, um, actually, when um, the legislature was in session. Um, However, that didn't work. And as a result of the passage of the bill, we've experienced um, some some hardships and some difficulties. Um, I will tell you that um, being one of the largest school districts, uh, we wanted to um, enter into this lawsuit along with some other counties because we just thought it would be appropriate and necessary for the community to really understand what House Bill 7069 would do um, as it relates to our budget, what it would do as it relates to our inability to have a decision-making process um, for any charter schools or new charters that wanted to come um, into our county. And we also want to make sure that persons are held accountable just like we're held accountable and that the students should be the first primary concern. So our initial um, payment was $25,000 um, to help pay for the attorney fees and to represent us um, in the court hearing, the initial court hearing. Um, and of course, on Tuesday, we did approve um, our attorney, Dave Kapersky, to spend up to uh, $15,000 more um, as we work through the appeal process. But we just really believe that um, if the intent is for all students to receive the best education possible, we should be doing things and putting laws in place that allow um, public school education to assist and to grow and develop and not things to hinder our ability to provide that education to our students. That seems to be a big concern that people had, that the legislature overstepped its boundaries into local control of schools. Is that part of the big concern you have? Well, we're always fighting when it comes to home rule. You hear that consistently. <clears throat> and if Tallahassee is a decision-making body, then the way that you implement things should be done on a local level because we're more in tune with the students and the families that are in our community. So when you start saying that 
we're going to um, diminish the ability for um, public schools to have some say, some type of oversight for schools that are opening as charters in their community, then who's going to be the one that has to take these students in when that charter closes? As you well know, we've had a number of charters in Pinellas County that have closed due to mismanagement of funds. Um, because they were not able to provide the services for those students so that those students were performing at the level that the state required. And in the end, those students ended up coming back to Pinellas County. So we're just saying we don't have a problem with choice. Families should have a choice. But when you are taking away the public school's ability to provide the services to our families, that's where we have a problem and a concern. And I believe you've heard from um, other associations that they fully um, support what it is that we're trying to do, which is to simply say, give us the tools we need to be able to operate, operate fairly, and provide that quality education. Now, the Duval County School Board decided not to participate in the appeal. Why, why did you decide it's worth going forward and taking on the ruling to the next level? Well, if you recall, um, and there are several of us still in, I believe there are about eight school districts that are still in, um, and here's a caveat to that. If we are um, successful on the appellate level, all of the school districts throughout the state of Florida will be able to reap the benefits of that advantage. And if we're not successful, then we're not successful. But I will tell you that um, when you are looking at legislation, there is a rule that says you should have a single subject in any legislation or any bill that's moving forward. <clears throat> if you look at House Bill 7069, it is a compilation of many subjects, not just one. And we are very hopeful <clears throat> that the appellate court will see the legislation for what it is. It was a log rolling of many different things into one bill so that you may in fact support the Schools of Hope component piece. <clears throat> but you may not support another. But in order for you to get what you want out of this, you've got to vote for the whole thing. And so I believe that um, we certainly have a road um, if we follow that, and that is something that our attorney has most certainly stated to us, um, that would be an asset, which is looking at the fact that there are many different legislative component pieces in House Bill 7069. It is not a one-subject rule bill. But the the judge did say that the legislature was within its rights to set the way that budgets are used and to determine the way that education policy moves forward. And, and you're still arguing that the school districts have their constitutional role. Uh, do you think that the appeal court, you have to go a different route? Well, when, whenever you go to an appeal hearing, they want to not only have the information before them that has already been presented, but they also um, give you the opportunity to present your case in areas where there is additional information that you might be able to provide to that appellate court so that they can hear and or see um, that Perhaps there are some things that the judge may not have taken into full consideration when he was reviewing it. Make no mistake, I fully understand and I fully agree that the legislature has the opportunity and the ability to put forth bills that should be in the 
best interest of the community that they serve. But when you're putting forward a bill that is not in the best interest of the community, but is in the interest of only a few, then that, in, in our opinion, that does not provide for the greater good. Not all students desire to attend a charter school. We see that by the numbers. Not all students are having issues and or concerns that are preventing them from being able to learn and learn in a public school setting. So you can't just or you should not lump all students in all districts into one category. We have small school districts that have a very small population. You have larger school districts um, like Pinellas County and then even Broward, which is larger than us. Their makeup is different when you're looking at um, the different uh, cultures of persons that attend schools within those counties. And then you have your ESC, your exceptional student education, as well as your English language learners. You have those, and you have autistic children. So every district is different. So to lump us into one bill, one legislation, and say that this is what we're going to do, and this is how we want to divert tax dollars from your county to charter schools, I don't believe, and and we have support, I believe, from other communities that that is the right thing to do. If you want to fund charter schools, fund charter schools, but don't do it at the expense of taking dollars away from public school education so that we are now left with trying to figure out how we're going to give teachers raises, how we're going to pay for um, the enhancements of our school structures, how are we going to pay for the most recent legislation related to the gun issue and the, the Marshall Plan, how are we going to do all of those things? We should not have to be pitted one against another. We should be given the resources because those resources are there. In Pinellas County alone, we saw an increase in our taxable revenue. So if those dollars were staying within Pinellas County, we would be more than able to take care of the things that we need to take care of for our students. But to tell us that we need to take our capital improvement money, $5.4 million is what it was for Pinellas County, and provide those funds to charter schools, then how are we supposed to then provide for capital improvements for our schools? for our buildings, our facilities. What did you think then of the legislature's decision to take the PICO funds and other other capital funds and direct a large amount to charter schools so that way they don't have to take the tax money away from the school districts? I know that's a one-year solution, but was it a good one? It, it was not a good solution. Um, and if you look at the PICO funding that we did receive, we did receive a little bit of capital improvement money for this new year. Um, I believe it was around $2 million. But if you look at the amount of money that we're spending for new construction for Melrose Elementary School alone, $2 million would not even uh, allow for us to build a wing onto a school. We have, excuse me, um, several schools that are very old, like St. Petersburg High School. It's very old, and it needs to be rebuilt. But we don't have the dollars to do that. We have other facilities that need some um, improvements and enhancements. We're looking at trying to be energy efficient so we can save some dollars there. Um, we're not able to do that when you continuously take the funds that are revenue generated within your county, within your community, 
when you get your tax bill, it tells you how much money is being taxed for education, how much money is being taxed for JWB and other sources. But those dollars aren't staying with the place where it was intended. Again, we're not saying we don't support choice and other families having other opportunities and other things that they would like to do if they so desire. But what we're saying to the legislature is, please don't take from us. Find it within your other avenues, your other funding streams, or just fund them. Create a whole separate category for them and just fund them. But to continuously, every year, take money from public school education and move it over to charter schools. And then when those charter schools close, those dollars aren't coming back to us in the district. The question that I asked regarding the most recent bill where we needed to give some of our capital improvement money to charter schools, and in our case, again, that was $5.4 million. My question was, so if that charter school closes tomorrow, what is the mechanism for us to recoup the dollars that we gave that charter school? There is no mechanism in place. There is no language in place that says that they have to return those dollars to the state or to the district. That's not being fiscally prudent with the funds that they receive from taxpayers. So are you, are you having any other further steps beyond the lawsuit or are you um, looking to increase your tax revenues more in order to get more money as well? We're not at this point. We've not had any discussion about going out for an additional referendum. Um, we have to ask permission from the state legislature to increase our millage rate. We have asked permission for that in the past and not been successful. I'm not sure they would be interested in doing that for us next year. We're already at our cap at our max. So again, we have to ask permission in order to increase that millage rate. But when you look at all of the other things that are going on within our state, is that fair to ask taxpayers to tax themselves additionally when the funds and the taxes that they're already paying is there and available to be able to do what we need to do for public education? So right now, um, in, in regards to your question, no, we're not looking at another path a way to be able to draw down additional dollars. We want to see where this specific um, uh, case will take us. Um, and if not, then, of course, we'll start looking at some other things. And we'll do what we've always done over the, the last few years. We're going to pull it together and we're going to make it happen. And we're going to try to provide the best, safe, uh, most productive environment that we can for our students as well as our teachers. But I don't think it's unreasonable um, to ask the legislators, those individuals who were voted in office by residents of Pinellas County, I don't think it is ill will to ask them to listen to the constituents and to provide us with the support that we need in order to make sure we continue with public education and meet the requirements that they put on us where, uh, as it relates to the Florida uh, uh, standards uh, uh, test that the students have to pass as it relates to being proficient in Algebra 1 and other courses. You know, just give us the funds that we're asking for in, in order to do that and not tell us we have to give those funds to someone else and then we have to figure out how we're going to provide the services for our students and our teachers. 
Well, you made a pretty good argument. I wonder if the lawyers will use that when they are before the judges. Um, I really, I really don't know. Um, you know, one of the things that I've been trying to do is make sure that the community understands what House Bill 7069 says, what's in it, and what does that mean to Pinellas County. Um, and we got some really good support, persons sending emails and, and phone calls and things of that nature. And unfortunately, um, you know, the legislature moved very quickly. If you recall during the session, this thing moved through very quickly. Um, there was very little debate on the floor. Um, and so different voices weren't heard. Uh, and, and that's a shame because all of us have a vested interest in the lifelong learning of our students. They are our future. And if we need to have that pipeline that um, is available and ready to take on these jobs that corporations are, are having available and moving into our community, if we say we're going to do that, then we've got to be able to adequately train them so that whether they go to a technical trade school or if they go to a four-year institute or even if they decide to go to the military, they're ready. And when we have a legislature that continuously erodes our ability to make sure that our students are ready, that should be a concern to everybody. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me. Thank you so much. You are so welcome. And thank you so much for calling. And and I sincerely hope that those that are listening to the podcast, that they pick up the phone and they call their legislative representative and let them know how important public education is to them, specifically Pinellas County Schools. That's the end of our interview and the end of our podcast. If you'd like to participate in this conversation or others, please visit our Facebook page, Tampa Bay Times Gradebook. To follow the latest in all of our breaking news on Florida education, go to our blog, tampabay.com slash blogs slash gradebook. And please continue to subscribe to and review this podcast. We really appreciate it. I'm reporter Jeff Solacek. Thanks again for listening. 